we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the weekend number five recap episode of the 11.7 podcast. Hopefully, this episode is on Apple Podcasts because last Friday, I don't know what happened. We submitted the podcast. It was on Google. It was on Spotify. It was on Podbean. It was on every single podcast outlet except for Apple. Don't know what happened. Um, If it happens... Didn't it go on Apple and then disappear? Yeah, it went on Apple and then it disappeared. I have no idea why. And and I was trying to fix it. I was trying to upload it again on Podbean, which is our hosting platform. Nothing. And, and so it's the long lost mystery episode. It's still up there on Spotify though, or Google or Podbean. It's on our website. Uh, it's it's available everywhere. So if you didn't get to, to listen to Friday's episode, it was a really good one. We uh, recapped the midweek previewed the weekend and also recapped the Thursday night games from the SEC and ACC. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know oh, how wow. to challenge. I just looked up the numbers on the Podbean thing, 815 compared to our normal, like three or three to 4,000. Yeah. It was significantly so lower. So that means a lot of people are using Apple. Oh, yeah. I've seen it in our statistics. It's something like oh. 60% of people okay. use Apple, which I think is the best podcast platform um, to listen through. Spotify is up and, there, too. Yeah. I mean, if you have an iPhone, you're probably using the Apple, which, by the way, if you guys, if something ever like this happens again, just go to our website. It's on the homepage. You scroll down and you can literally just click play. There's like a, a plug in built in. Um, podcast player so no well i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it one step further if it happens again i will personally sue apple i will get a lawyer and i will sue apple for our our four thousand <laughs> download podcast what, what, so we can spend more money on attorney fees and, and where we get back i'll straight up sue apple 
they're discriminating the sport. This is my threat. This is my threat to Apple. If it happens again, you don't want to find out what happens. The more you fuck around, the more you find out. It's not going to be good. It's not. I mean, the more you fuck around, the more you find out. Oh yeah, it's the best. It's been around for a year now. But yeah, yeah. If that ever happened again, you can just go on our website. There's a whole built-in player. You just click play and it starts playing it. So yeah, um, hopefully it doesn't happen again. But in case, yep. Anyways, um, podcast is sponsored as usual here by Yacker Tech, and they're sponsoring our mid-major power rankings, which we just released on Twitter. I'm about to throw it up on Instagram as well. And y'all that don't follow us on Instagram, we're trying to make it a uh, a place where all of our self-made graphics that Dimitri does a good job and, and takes a lot of time out of his day to do, it's a very clean look at all of our self-made graphics that don't get mixed in with video highlights and things that we're posting on Twitter. So you guys go follow us on Instagram. It's just at 11.7. But anyways, back to Yacker Tech. Um, Big, big fans of what they're doing here in the college game. Um, I think here in the next two or three years, they're significantly going to revolutionize the fan aspect of analytics and um, player development. Also, teams are begging to use their stuff right now. Um, the, the, one of the CEO, I think it's the CEO told me that they have a, a long list of D one, D two, D three teams, even high school teams now wanting to use their system because it's, it's affordable for these programs and it's very accurate. So, um, if you or anybody needs some help as far as tracking, you know, pitch velocity, spin rate, exit velocity, distance, whatever it is, you know, check out their website there and they can help you out. Um, We'll get into the mid-major poll here in just a second. There's some new faces there, uh, new teams. Teams shaking up the rankings after this. Just Some teams collapsed this weekend, and then some teams absolutely put a blue star on themselves moving forward. Uh, the other sponsor we have, as usual, Circa. Circa Sportsbook here in Las Vegas. Big fans of what they're doing here. Um, they are sponsoring a grand prize for our Patreon weekend series pick'em which Dimitri and myself both went two and four this weekend. And did I think three people went six and oh for the six series that three we people went six and oh and a whole bunch went five and one. Yeah. It was, I think over half of the entrance went four and two or better or way over um, half of our entrance. No, right, right around half. Yeah. went four or two or better. And uh, so we're keeping a season long standings list for our six weekend uh, weekend series, pick them throughout the whole year. And uh, Dimitri and myself are, Close to the bottom. <laughs> bad, Dude, bad back-to-back we've weeks. Gotta, we've got to stop. We've got to stop worrying about what the other person picked. We got to stop all this like mojo and like because this year is not like normal years. No, it's not. We're usually really good at this. I don't know what's going on, but we got to turn it around. Like for for our own name and for our own sake, this is embarrassing. It, 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 we're overthinking it, dude. We, oh. we overthink it, but we do it like kind of for fun. So like people that see our record on that graphic and try to like chirp us and clown us, which is fine, by the way, it's fun. But I was like, I, I really want to be like, just listen to the podcast and you'll understand why half of the shit we do is what we do. Like <laughs> we, we know not to take Texas Tech against Texas Tech at home. And we went against it because we thought, that's just the way it is. If we would have taken Texas Tech at home, they were going to lose. South Carolina is hot. 
if we were both taking South Carolina, Georgia was 100% winning that series. Like, it was just like, we're just making this shit way too difficult. Yeah. Um, but Circa is giving away a grand prize winner, the, the grand prize winner for the weekend series pick them and the survivor contest that we're running. Uh, three nights stay at the resort in Las Vegas. They get to come hang out with us, meet and greet, get to get gamble on uh, College World Series games going on while we're there middle of June. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And hey, if you don't, if you didn't enter the weekend series pick competition and you have a, a free weekend uh, in, in the middle of June, I think it's June 17th when the college world series starts, when we'll be there, come hang out with us, come book a room in, in Circa's, you know, awesome hotel and, and, and resort. Come hang out with us on the rooftop pool deck, betting on sports. It'll be a lot of fun. But with all of that said, I think we have two really, really important topics topics to talk about, Dimitri. And of course, we're going to get into the, the, the smaller stories moving forward. I say smaller. They're still pretty big. But th- dude, there are two major stories out there in college baseball. And I want you to guess which one. Or let's just, let's just go with the first one here. The Missouri Tigers. I can't I can't stop thinking about Missouri sweeping Tennessee, the golden child of the SEC the last two years. Missouri in the absolute doghouse, the the dungeon, cannot get out of last place in the SEC since we've started eleven point seven. And they just come out opening weekend and beats beat the brakes off of Chase Burns, Chase Dolander. And Dolander. Yeah. And, wow. and Drew Bean. Wow. Like, 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 I don't care if you can say Tennessee is overrated, fine. Maybe, maybe their lineup is not as scary and intimidating as it used to. But those are still three elite arms that we spent probably 10 minutes last episode comparing them to Florida and LSU. It, yeah, they did, they did not make us look good on that end, but you have to give credit to Missouri. You have to. And this is a Missouri team that, in my opinion, I told you this before the show. This is a top 10 resume team so far this season. I'm not calling them a top 10 team yet. I think they deserve to be there right now just based off of What if you what if you took their name away and took their jerseys off? Oh. You every the whole every it'd be a unanimous top 10 team. If if you would put anybody else's name other than Missouri. If this was Alabama or if this was Kentucky, Ole Miss, or Ole Miss whoever, uh, Tennessee, yeah, anybody. You have two win. They had two wins in that State Farm showdown against. They got a win against TCU and Texas. Lost a two-run game against Oklahoma State opening day, and five of those runs came off of an, like a huge two-out error. And then you have a one-run loss against FIU on a Thursday. Weird circumstances on the road. On the road. And then you have a one-run loss in a in a seven-inning game double header on, on on a Sunday against New Jersey Institute of Technology. Um, if that, I mean, you could say if that was a nine inning game, they probably end up winning it. Anything can happen in seven innings, but they're 16 and three this year, three wins against Tennessee, a win against TCU and a win against Texas. There aren't 10 better resumes right now, especially with the SEC logo they have on their shoulder. I, I I'm a big believer in Missouri and, to prove my point, I think I said it on one of the first podcasts, and I know I put it in on Twitter and on Patreon, but they were 400 to 1 in the Circus Sportsbook before the year. 
to win the College World Series. And I wrote uh, a blog, not a blog about it, but maybe a blurb about it, about how I thought that was tremendous value. And I also said it on the podcast. I'm almost positive. It might have been a radio show I did that... But either way, it doesn't matter. I, hey. I've been on record saying Missouri is is going to be a lot better this year than people expect. And right now, 400 to 1 odds, if you have that ticket, it gives you plenty of opportunity to hedge if they host a regional or they make it to a super regional. Just so much flexibility there. Shoot, man, they might make it to Omaha. Dude, so on our website, we have the I have, I have the preseason college. So these were... I submitted these were the live odds during the week before opening day. So like the week of February 13th, 14th, 15th. And I just put the top 50. There were so many I didn't I didn't have time at the time to put them all. Missouri is not even in the top 50. Here's are some of the teams that are that were in the top 50. Liberty, Iowa, UConn, Houston, Kentucky, Georgia Southern, UTSA, Campbell, Clemson, Rutgers, Louisiana, Dallas, Baptist, Grand Canyon, Gonzaga, Georgia, South Carolina, Louisiana Tech, Texas Tech, NC State, and so on. Missouri is not even among those teams. Liberty, Houston, Georgia Southern, UTSA, Camp. Like that is just how juicy their odds were. And Liberty was a 250 to 1. And that, like Missouri isn't even near this. Dude, and and the funny thing is, I, I don't know. I, I still don't know if these sports books are going to update these odds in time. So if you're listening to this and you, and you bet on sports on whatever website or whatever uh, sports book that you use, and you see Missouri still above a hundred to one, grab that ticket right now. Just put ten bucks on it to win a thousand. Twenty five bucks, yeah. To to win twenty five hundred. This is a Missouri team that proved that. Not only can they win in the SEC this year, they can dominate one of the favorites and the three best pitchers, or three of the best pitchers, uh, any team has in a weekend rotation. Uh, I was very impressed with Missouri, and and I guess to build on that, the second storyline here, in, in my opinion, South Carolina, twenty and one this year. They go to Georgia, kind of a big rivalry, I would say. These two teams don't like each other. They compete with recruits and everything. They're and pretty decent. They're decently close ge- geographically. Yeah, and and they also both were finished or picked to finish fourth and fifth in the SEC East preseason. Uh, and and South Carolina goes in there. They they won a close one in the ninth inning in their last at bat against Georgia, uh, top of the ninth. But then they go out and just dominate them the next two days. So South Carolina was two hundred to one odds to win the College World Series before the season. And I also, in the same article that I wrote, in the same Patreon, the same podcast, said South Carolina 200 to 1 is insane value too. They're going to be a lot better this year. Where did you get that? Where did I get what? Where did you find 200? Because on here, I have 100 to 1 on it opening might, weekend. On opening week. It might have been, it might have been a different sports book, to be honest with you. It might have been a competitor. Or, or they changed it. But I don't, I don't see them changing it that much preseason. Maybe, who knows? But yeah, hundred to one still for a, a usually a powerhouse SEC team is still really good. A team that is probably going to host a regional unless they have a, an epic collapse. I mean, we're still a long ways to go, but yeah, dude, the, think about this: the SEC East right now has five teams, and it's kind of flipped on its head. 
Other, I mean, I think Florida was picked to finish finish third. I'm pretty sure preseason it went Tennessee, Vanderbilt. SEC baseball 2023 coaches poll. Let's see right now. I'll tell you right now. So the oh, I keep saying five teams. There's, hey, there's February ninth. February ninth. Tennessee got 12 first place vote to finish first in the mm-hmm. East. Florida was second. Vanderbilt third. South Carolina fourth. Georgia fifth. Kentucky sixth. Missouri last. And it's honestly flipped right now. Missouri, Kentucky are three and zero. South Carolina three and zero. Vanderbilt three and zero. Florida two and one. Georgia zero and three. And uh, Tennessee zero and three. Zero and three. It's flipped. Yep. And then yep. in the in the West, LSU, Texas A and M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State. Mississippi State was picked to finish last. And they, they're they're going to finish last. They're gonna finish last. This is a Mississippi State. Here's an underlying head uh, this is oxymoron. An underlying headline. They've lost 14 straight SEC games dated back to last year. They got swept this weekend at Kentucky. And of course they lost on a walk-off wild pitch on Friday, which is just hilarious. But this is a team with no pitching, man. Zero. Let me ask you this. And you can't just find pitching throughout the year. You can find offense. You can't find pitching throughout the year. You either have it or you don't. What are the chances that Chris Limonis is gone at by the end of the season? Okay, let me say. <laughs> don't by, play by this the, game. Don't play no, this by game. The, by, the, by the middle of the summer. What are the? Just, I'm just asking. Because Mississippi State standard is, is higher than most programs. When you have Duty Noble as your home field, you cannot you cannot play around and give people time because that place is quote unquote the Carnegie Carnegie Hall of college baseball, the mecca of college baseball. When you don't have a head man with giving people confidence to support the program, show up and everything, you've got to move quickly, quicker than other programs. The sh- the leash the leash is a little shorter. So do you think, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I could see him still there next year. But at the same time, I could see them moving on real quick. So the last, so there's actually, I'm glad you brought this up, even though I hate that you brought this up. There's a lot of key points here that that will answer our question. One, I want to first go on record and say the last coach we called for their job midseason was we Mike we're Bianco. We're not calling for Lamont's job. We're just no, no. Okay, it. maybe not calling for his job, but questioning his job. We did the same thing with Mike Bianco last year, about halfway through the year, and he won a national championship. So if you're a Mississippi State fan listening to this, at least you have that to fall back on. Maybe Lamonis goes out and wins another national championship because we're talking about him possibly getting let go or fired. Um, but here's some here's some underlying things. John Cohen, no longer the AD there. He's the one that hired Lamonis uh, to be the full-time head coach and ended up winning a national championship two years later. And, you know, everything is great. There's a big, big argument on Twitter going or going on this weekend that Lamonis won a national championship with not his recruits, not his players, which is true. But also he helped develop those players the, the two years prior. Yeah. And, and there was some key transfers and key players that weren't high recruits contributing to that team. Um, 
I don't think, I guess to answer your question, I don't think he'll be let go here because not this season. This is year four for him, I believe. Well, because the COVID year always throws me off. I don't know. I don't want to count on my fingers mid podcast, but there was a COVID year in there. I don't count. Um, I think he gets the rest of this year. And then next year, if it's bad, they finish last place, he's gone. Um, you know, he gets I, his recruits. I think, he, I think he'll be back next year, mm-hmm. but. I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be like just shell shocked, stunned if it happened this year. If another they continue on this path. Another issue is who's going to replace him? Who out there is is somebody that's qualified enough to go into Mississippi State and and immediately have success? There's not very many guys out there. I mean, I want to just add. I like Lamona. He's a Greek. He's a Greek American. I've talked to him before. Um. I like him. I think he's a he's awesome. I think he means well. I mean, obviously, most people mean well. So, like, you got to make sure you there's a fine line between if you like them as a coach or not, and if they're if you like them as a person because you see them behind the dugout in the stand off the field. They, you probably love the person, but when you're watching the game and your team is losing, it's very easy to just not like them anymore. It's, it's natural. That's sport. That's how it is. But I don't know, man. I think this reminds me of like the Larry Coker in Miami 2001 day. He he inherited Bush Davis's freaking all-star lineup, mm-hmm. first-round draft lineup, and he went and won a national championship with them. And then things just took a nosedive for the worst. Mm-hmm. And everybody basically said Larry Coker got the easiest, most free national championship ever. Because those weren't his guys. He got handed a cupboard full of just talent. So you can look at it that Lamonis got inherited a really good roster and just did the easy part of just leading them to an. But at the same time, like you don't just walk into a job and just lead team to a national championship. I don't care how good your roster. Is. So exactly. you got there's a there, you got to give credit where it's due. But I just think that program has a very high standard and a very short leash. It's that's a good way to put it, a hundred percent. Now, can Mississippi State turn around? Sure, I don't think they will because it, it's it's the pitching is atrocious right now. This is, but you look at it, offense is starting to win games in college baseball more than pitching. It's becoming more of an offensive game. So we've seen Georgia Tech make a regional as a two seed last year with an atrocious pitching staff, and they just decided to outslug teams. It, it, but the thing it, is, Mississippi State came and played defense. Oh, their defense killed them. They came and played defense. And so it's just like, if you can't pitch and play defense, you can't you, – it, you, like, Coastal can play defense. They might, they might not be the most solid pitching staff ever. They might struggle on the mound. But they can play defense. So their team – their line – their pitching staff giving up barrel after barrel after barrel, walk, barrel – They'll bail themselves out sometimes with good defensive play. Mississippi mm-hmm. State just doesn't have that. And I don't want to sit here and talk about them for 30 minutes because there's other better things to talk about. But, yeah, I mean, they're a lost cause right now. Here's something better to talk about. How about Kentucky just taking advantage of every opportunity they get? And those guys can swing the bat too. I was really impressed watching Kentucky just put up boatloads of runs against uh, – I mean, they did what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to do against bad pitching. Um, you know, 17 runs today, 12 yesterday, six the day before. Um, I, I know Kentucky doesn't have the greatest resume. They've played 
I think it's time to be careful. Like it's not time to anoint Kentucky at the at Mizzou. Yeah. So so this is where it gets interesting. Kentucky goes and plays at Alabama next weekend, and then Missouri the week after that, and then Georgia. So they have three winnable series if they are a legit contender. Um, if they win two out of those three series, I, I think we have to take them very seriously. Uh, and then it gets a little tougher. You get LSU, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida to end the year. So if, if you're a big fan of the show, the hot, cold, hot theory is real. Kentucky right now, we can consider them hot. If they can stay hot through the next three weeks and win those winnable series and then get cold, <laughs> get cold during the, the tough stretch and then heat up again, Kentucky, I mean. They can find themselves easily finally getting back into a regional. Yeah, they can easily get back in a regional. And I don't know. I mean, this. I just don't think they're, I just, I just don't want to annoy. I don't want to label them as anything right now. Uh, yeah, I wish they would have played a stronger non-conference, so we got to see a little bit more about them. But yeah. Uh, anyways, I guess to kind of move from there, the well, the, let's finish. Let's just go ahead and finish up our SEC talk while we're at it. Yeah, we've already spent 15, 20 minutes Might on as it. Well so. finish it. Um, I hey, think. You, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me say this here before I forget. It, has there ever been a more under the radar team? Five weeks into the season than Arkansas, eighteen and two. Dimitri, one Nobody of their losses. One of their losses was a fluke loss to Eastern Illinois on a Sunday that just flew under the radar too. Uh, but this, I know Arkansas has dealt with some injuries this year, and they don't have the big name Golden Spikes Award watch list guys that they that they're used to having. But this is a team that plays very well together, and they all pitch the ball. They, they don't make mistakes on the mound. Um, it, this is a team that has a recipe that they can go as far as, as really as far as the players want to take them. Like this is a, this is a team that won't beat themselves. And, and I'm very impressed with Arkansas so far. I mean, you just look at, if you just glance over their scores, their schedule, they don't give up many run. No, that pitching. And, and, and I know I've said this a few times on the podcast this year, but, Dave Van Horn came out and said it preseason. This is the best all-around pitching staff he's ever had. And if he says something, I'm going to believe him. You listen. Yeah, you listen. And and it was tough to believe it coming off of some of the pitching staffs they've had recently. Shoot, they had a Golden Spikes winner, Kevin Copps, just two years ago. Um, yeah, this, this Arkansas team is legit. And we get to see Arkansas's pitching staff face against LSU's offense this coming up weekend, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Arkansas definitely is in a great spot. No eyes on them, no attention, just kind of smooth sailing. Um, if they if they go into the box and take the series, that'll change real quick. Oh yeah, they'll get that target right back on their back that they they'll get twenty twenty one. So, but big no, but big series sweep I mean, at home against Auburn for for the Hogs. I mean, sweeping Auburn is already accomplishing itself. But to hold Auburn to five runs all weekend—that's a hell of a that's a hell of a job for sure. Um, um, hey, so LSU looked like the number one team in the country for uh, let's see, twenty-five innings. Five innings, <laughs> yeah. They had—I mean, credit to A and M for salvaging a game 
in that series they needed it that is a big like i think that's people don't realize that's a big win just to avoid the sweep whatever but to get one from lsu when you're down and out big time yeah i mean when you're down and out all series like they had no breath all series and then sure enough well they did have a breath they were up four nothing on friday and then lsu snap of the fingers run like touchdown (laughs) touchdown on him paul skeen's I know we're, we're we're talking about the series, but Paul Skeens is a major league wait, baseball player. Wait, no, they did not have a four nothing lead on Paul Skeens. Oh, maybe that was Saturday. I'm thinking of. Yeah, I was about to say. Wait, wait, hold on. What? No, no, Skeens. Skeens is. I mean, dude, he's he's something else, man. Dude, you okay? You so you pitch professionally? Is Paul Skeens just based off the eyeball test? He could go into a major league ballpark and hold his own right i'm not saying he would be an excellent he, major league pitcher he, but he could go pitch in a big league ball game today and be successful be fine right i mean he's because just pinpoint at the end of the day at the end of the day 100 if you just look at his stuff it already played he can only get better That's scary man is he gonna jump his own teammate dylan cruz being the number one overall pick I'm just maybe I'm just really disappointed they're not letting him hit. He would literally be the the real Otani. His hitting stats last year were ridiculous at Air Force. I mean, I went through Twitter. I started um, his Air Force. I just wanted to go watch him hit, and I saw an article. Jay Johnson. The reason why he's not hitting it, they wanted him to put more effort and more emphasis and focus on his conditioning and his program as a pitcher. <clears throat> to be the best possible pitcher that he can be. Jay basically said he had his best bet is to focus on pitching because that's where he can make a lot of money and that's where, can, how he, they, he can help us the most. He's like, we don't really need a help on offense. But if he can be the best Friday night guy that we can have, that will help us more. And I was like, that's, so, that's, that's a really good point. The selfish part of me wants to see him hit. I want to see this guy just hit and pitch and do everything but in reality it's probably the right move no it's the right move and i'm sure jay johnson has scouts and major league gms in his ear like hey we're we're gonna draft him as a pitcher it's up to him if he wants to hit this year but i guarantee you paul Skeens was was listening at some of the potential signing bonuses he would get as a for, not top even, 10 not even that not even that not even Take scouts out of the picture. If this is Jay Johnson thinking of his team first. If I, I promise you, if if they had two empty holes in their lineup, schemes would be hitting for sure. But they don't have holes, really. No, I mean this is this is an all time. You know offense. what I mean? It had nothing to do with pro. This is Jay Johnson trying to have the best team possible. Right. Um. But I, I just. Why why do why do some people get the benefit of the doubt others don't? Like for example, nobody was ever two weighing like Otani was in the big league until Otani did it. And I'm just like, there are plenty of guys that who are who were good enough to do it. They just weren't given a chance. But Otani was doing it in Japan. So they were like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like we gotta take him, we gotta let him keep doing it. But nobody else gets that opportunity. I mean, the best two-way guy I've ever seen in the college level was A.J. Reed from Kentucky, who was 25 homers with non-juiced baseballs. And he ended up hitting more than pitching in the big league. Yeah, he ended up playing first base for the Astros. Um, 
but he was also 94 95 from the left side went 12 and 0 on the mound at kentucky and and you also look at guys like reed detmers brendan mckay they both did it they both did it um but i mean i guess it is a, a luxury thing if you can look at paul skeens in the eyes and say hey you're not going to hit for us because we don't need you. When last year he put up stupid numbers at Air Force. It, it's just mind-blowing. Um, I, mean, I think he had like 15, 17 home runs, hit like 350. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Come on. The, so, um, I, I wish he was hitting, dude. It would be a better story. It would be more fun to watch, but whatever. Yeah. So right now, would you take Skeens or Dylan Cruz one overall? My typical rule is it's easier to find talented pitching than it is to find really high-level hitting. So I think Cruz probably the safer pick, but I think Paul Skeen's in the stratosphere. Like, there's nobody compared to him right now the, on so, the, from a pitching standpoint. So, like, it's closer than you think. People people have been comparing Paul Skeen's to Steven Strasburg, right? Yep. Yeah, I saw you post that tweet through 11.7. And I think that's a fair, very fair um, comparison. It was very warranted, very yes. justified. And, and Steven Strasburg has been known as one of the best amateur pitchers to ever be drafted. Um, you know, at the time, like he was a can't miss prospect and had a good major league career, just kept battling the injury bug, could never stay healthy. Uh, he did win a World Series in 2019 for the Nationals. And he went off that year. Yeah, and I, he might have won World Series MVP that year. He if did. I'm not mistaken. He did. He had, let me, I'm going to look that up. But Steven Strasburg was what Bryce Harper was. Yeah, they but were. As a pitcher, like, that, I can't miss. Gotta and they were back-to-back him. years, both for the Nationals. So is is Dylan Cruz Bryce Harper-esque if we had to make comparisons? I know they, they don't hit the same and – all this, but Dylan Cruz going into the year and even last year was the unanimous, like he's going to be the number one overall pick. His tools are just, you can't find his tools anywhere else. He's hitting like 520, by the way. Oh, he's hitting 520 with so many barrels. It's not a cheap 520. And teams aren't pitching to him either. It's 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 crazy, man. By um, the way, by the way, Strasburg was World Series MVP. Mm-hmm. Um but do you remember Brendan, uh, Brandon Finnegan, the lefty from TCU? Yeah, I mean, that's a different story, though. No, no, no. But do you remember how he got fast-tracked to the big league that same year? Yeah, he, he wasn't. He, think... did, he didn't have Paul Skeen's stuff, though. No, but what I'm saying is Paul Skeen can pitch in a major league bullpen or a major league rotation today. His stuff is that good? I mean, it has to be, right? He's 9,900. It, no, it's, it's that good. Pinpoint accuracy, frisbee it's, slider. It's that, it's that good. Like, when you – dude, it's that good. Like, you saw Brody Breck. Brody Breck is the definition of raw talent. Mm-hmm. All skiing is the definition of ready to fucking go. Yeah. Like, he he gets drafted by the Pirates one overall this year, and the Pirates are chasing down an NL Central title. Right like he's he's going to be a he's going to be in Pittsburgh for the for the stretch September October honestly Paul Skeen this is what I envision his outlook he's going to get drafted he's going to get given a lot of break he's going to go on his little Hollywood tour go to the stadium he's going to do all his whatever stuff he's not going to pitch much he's going to show up to 
the complex. He's going to hang out there. He's going to throw some bullpens, going to work out. He's going to start getting into their routine, their regimen, their program. They're going to tell him he has some sort of holes, and they're just going to harp on it for a month. They're going to say his slider needs to be better, whatever it is. And that's what they're going to do for a month. He will probably make two starts at the very end of the high A, low A season, whatever, just to just to get his feet wet. He's yeah. going to show up in big league camp the following spring. He's going to be in big league camp. He's going to go to probably high A double. He'll go to double A to start the year. Probably stay in double A most of the year. Go to the fall league, big league camp, and then he'll be a probably a May, June big league call up. Yeah. The, the one thing, and I don't want to spend too much more time on no, this because no. we're, we're stretching it out, but I do think it's worth talking about. My opinion now, if you draft a pitcher, number one, number two, number three overall, he's already in his low, like he's, how old is Paul Skeen's? 23 now? Probably. Um, yeah, he's just, or maybe 22. Um, he's a grad transfer, right? No. Yeah, grad transfer. Uh, I'm looking up his age right now as I'm talking, but he only has a certain amount of bullets left before possible injury, right? Um, now he's, I mean, maybe you never not, know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, you never know. But the um, the thing is, like, if he's ready to go now, might as well just use him. He he's somebody that I I can see going. Yeah, but the moment you bring him up, his clock starts. His rookie clock starts. So that's that's why I don't think he just goes straight up. I think May twenty ninth, May twenty ninth, two thousand and two. So he's almost twenty. He's, He's turning 23 this year. He'll be 23 at the draft. 2002? Yeah. Oh, 21. I'm he's sorry. He's 21. He'll turn 22 in May. I mean, no, he's 20. He'll turn Yeah, actually, he's a lot younger than I thought. Wow. He's really young. Look at us doing math. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it'll just, be interesting. It'll be interesting anyway, how it yeah. plays out. Team, there's a chance one and two come out of LSU. Mm-hmm. When's the last time that happened? Did that ever happen? Might have happened to Rice in 2003. The number one and number two picks are from the same school. I know Rice had three of the first five picks. I remember that. Um, but anyway, enough SEC talk. We're 36 minutes in and we talked about the SEC. I mean, it is what it is. They're the uh, standard. Can we talk about um, some uh, BC bird ball right now? Boston College, another huge series win. It's similar to Missouri. You take the name off their their jersey, and you're like, "Wow, this team has a great resume built up." They beat Tennessee in a midweek. They beat uh, Virginia Tech on the road. They beat Florida State on the road. Two out of three for both of those series. They're four and two in ACC play. What more does Boston College have to do to get recognition around here? Is it because they were? Is it because they have Missouri? The same thing as Missouri preseason coaches poll last place. Is that why? Is that what's holding this back? Is like, are these preseason I, I biases mean, hurting them? Today, they deserve to be ranked. Is it sustainable? I guess you just wait to find out, but that's not what rankings are about. Rankings are about now, this season. And We, this we season, said the they, same thing last year for Virginia Tech, a team that came out of nowhere. They they held it pretty much the whole season. And, and I could see Boston College comparisons to Virginia Tech 2022 actually making a lot of sense right now yep um nah i think virginia dude no virginia tech that lineup was 
unmatched. That lineup was something else. That Boston College does not have that kind of lineup. That we do know they, of. I think, I think they're pretty good, yeah, but we've, we talked about it. They're just fundamentally good. They just don't make mistakes. And you saw this weekend against Florida State. They just didn't make mistakes. You have to beat – you have to out-hit them and out-pitch them to beat them. They're not going to give you a game. But and here's what I want to say that is interesting. First of all, shout-out to the Miami Hurricane. Another year, same shit, different year. They lose the series to Florida, and then they just start steamrolling the ACC. They just absolutely beat the brakes off Virginia Tech and swept them. And people are talking about South Carolina making noise. And stuff. What Miami just did to Virginia Tech is, un- is pretty damn impressive. It's, they just run rule them and ran their asses out of the building. It was it was it was almost it should have been rated R. It was an absolute beating. All weekend. Virginia Tech is now one in five in the ACC. Yeah, they have Keep plenty of time. Mind, to... Twenty-seven game. Yeah, I say there's still a lot of lot of season left. But but, but what I'm saying is Virginia Tech won with co-champions or whatever with 19 wins last year. It's gonna be that hard to get 19. They have to go. They have to go. Fifteen. Eighteen. Yeah, they have and to three. win 18, 18 and three. And three to basically, no, 18 and four the rest of the year to get to where they were last year. That's how crazy their one and five started. Another point I want to make about the ACC, Ben, in betting, their good teams win, great teams cover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good teams win series, great teams find ways to sweep, right? I love Wait that. Forward. I love that saying. Put that on a t shirt. Oh, we're, we'll, bang, we're putting it on a t-shirt. It'll be in our store at the end of the week. Good by teams the way, win series, great teams sweep. By the way, we mentioned it in our Discord, but we are dropping an all-new, brand-new store shop on our website. Um, it's going to be our logo. It's going to be our merch. And then we're going to start doing more school-specific stuff. We're going to have some flags, all that good stuff. So keep an eye out for that. We will be releasing that. Probably by the end of the week, we're still testing some stuff, so we'll have it all figured out and ready to go for you guys. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for that. That is, um, we're we're excited. It's the first time we've truly had our own store managed by us, um, so we're super excited for that. Anyway, back to Wake Forest. Good teams win, great teams sweep. Wake Forest has had a chance. The open they lost to Duke in the second game the first weekend. They had a chance to sweep Notre Dame this weekend. They couldn't do it. They couldn't. Yeah, I mean, they lost a close one, but this isn't the same Notre Dame team as last year either. No. You're, you're at home. Not. you got to sweep them. When you can like, – like, I'm just telling you, what Miami did to Virginia Tech is what Wake Forest should have been doing to Notre Dame. But at the same good. time, we're not, we're not criticizing Wake Forest for having a bad weekend. It was a good weekend. It wasn't a great weekend. Like, every win matters, and, and really – if you're Notre Dame, you got to be happy about it. You take one on the road. You don't get swept at, at Wake Forest, the number three team in the country. But that's what I'm I, like. Wake, man, you're gonna lose a series somewhere this year. Then that, that puts you at five hundred between those two series. A two and one and one and two and puts you at three and three. You're five hundred. That's mm-hmm. not how you win a conference championship. You win a conference championship separating yourself with 
one, two, three sweeps. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Do they know how to dominate an ACC schedule? We'll still see. They can still be perfectly fine. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah. Four and two in the ACC is good. Like that. Four and two in the ACC is good, but you've already played Duke and North Carolina. It's going to get harder. harder. Or sorry, Duke and Notre Dame. Um, It's only going to get harder from here. I I will say Wake got the Wake might have gotten one of the easier schedules. Miami, Clemson, North NC State, Louisville, Pittsburgh. Boston College, Florida. No, they didn't. They just get, they got a typical ACC schedule. Virginia Tech, Florida State, Boston College, Pitt, Louisville, North NC State, Clemson, Wake. So like that's what I'm talking about, man. You're gonna get you're gonna slip up. They're gonna lose the series at some point. Oh, the dude. Different, that sweep covers for that one and two weekend. Hey, speaking of black and gold, we totally missed out on Vanderbilt and the SEC and, and Ole Miss. So real fast, I just want to give Hunter Owen a shout out for Vanderbilt. Complete game, eleven strikeouts, one walk. Was that right? And, and yep. Saturday's win or Friday? I guess technically the second game's win. Yep. Friday. Um, wow, Vanderbilt absolutely, absolutely smacked Ole Miss at, at home. Twelve two, eight nothing, seven two. See ya. Um, does that tell you more about Ole Miss? Maybe being not as good I as think, people think, or does that tell you more about Vanderbilt just being lethal at times this year? I think it's two things. I think we already knew Vanderbilt could pitch. We knew they could pitch. They showed it against UCLA. They can pitch. Mm-hmm. The question mark was offense. They answered that question real quick. But you know what the second point is? You brought it up about Tim Corbin, SEC schedule. Things change. Mm-hmm. He gets that offense going when it's time to win. They just do so much more offensive damage, damage. Yeah, um, and that's the same offense. Oh wait, uh, we we gave Brandon Sproat a shout out on Friday's episode. He oh yeah, we Thursday. did. All right, let me ask you that. You saw that graphic I posted. Who were you taking to win? If there was no such thing as a, com- a co-pitcher of the week, who would you take? We had it was a fun debate. It was fun to see people's responses on Twitter. Um, so you're talking between Brandon Sprout and Hunter Owen, right? Almost yeah. identical stats. Um, one gave I, up one I, more walk, one gave up one less hit. It, it was so interesting. So I watched both both of those pitchers. I would say at least six of the nine innings they pitched. What I saw from Brandon Sprout was something that I don't know if I've ever seen on a college baseball field. His stuff was moving. It was electric. He was pumped up like he was energetic and excited uh i i think i would give it to him thursday night typical night he's not used to pitching and i just felt like he earned it more almost he had to work for he had to earn it more like it felt like hunter owen which is cruise control the whole way right had to earn it like it was hard almost Mm -hmm. but he i mean you can't go wrong either either answer either one they both just came out and like really, I, I hate saying come out of nowhere because they've both been good all year, but not this good. It was if they if they do that in week one or week two, we're like, wow, this is a Golden Spikes contender right here as a pitcher. Um, but anyways, let's go back to the ACC here real quick. I just wanted to give Vanderbilt a shout out. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss zero and three in the SEC. Uh, they should be, they should bounce back, but that preseason schedule wasn't as difficult as some other teams and. Maybe they uh, 
Maybe they're not going to be a top five team this year. Maybe they're not going to be a top 10 team. Ole Miss needs to figure out the pitching side of things because Vanderbilt was just like Vanderbilt wasn't even like hitting a ton of home runs. It was just, they were absolutely just spraying balls, all parts of the field. They were using their legs, um, taking advantage of, of miscues. Uh, I mean, Vanderbilt's offense was, was crazy this weekend. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. But back to the ACC. You know what? I, I was going to go right there to that Louisville series. Go ahead. I mentioned on Thursday that Georgia Tech wasn't going to be able to keep up with Louisville. They just weren't going to be able to keep themselves in it pitching-wise with Louisville's offense. And honestly, I think that pretty much came to true. They came down to a rubber game, and Louisville was just on base scoring every inning today. They Georgia Tech just couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. And I think that basically because they burned, they have their guy out of the bullpen. They have their one-two guy, and they both went yesterday. And Georgia Tech couldn't just keep, just couldn't keep up today. But you know what? The net runs scored versus runs allowed that series. Louisville scored twenty-one, and Georgia Tech scored twenty. Um, it was it was a much more even series than I think even the scoreboard said. Uh, I was impressed with Georgia Tech. I thought that they kind of held their own on the road. Obviously, this is Louisville's best team they've had in a, in a while, probably since 2019. Uh, but they're 17 and two this year. They swept I don't know. The team they had last year was pretty good. No, but this team is better than last year's team. Just watch. I promise you, this team's better. You think so? Yeah. Um, but 17 and two this year, they swept through the Shriners Classic. They go and win a series um, against Georgia Tech this weekend. But Georgia Tech. They're gonna be they're gonna be a headache for teams in the ACC this year because their pitching is not great, but it's better than last year, and their offense once it gets healthy, um, I think their offense is gonna click even more. They only scored eight, or sorry, they scored seven, ten, and three runs this weekend in the three games, uh, and I think you can add an extra one or two runs when uh, when their top two hitters get healthy. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe. I think Georgia Tech will be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Louisville is really good, too. So the ACC is going to be a grind on the top half of that conference. The uh, So the other – not the other. There's plenty of other ACC series. But right now, am I still crazy to think that, uh, like, Virginia is, is right up there in, with Louisville to possibly win the ACC this year? They they won two no, out of no, three. I, no, that's a, no, that's not even a hot take. That should be a given. Virginia, so they won, Miami, Louisville, Wake. Mm-hmm. I think Florida State. Once they get some guys back and healthy, they'll be fine. It just depends on how long it takes and how far they fall behind. If they can keep their head above water. They'll be. They'll have a chance. You, North you know Carolina what I like? will be fine. What? And so you know what I like about Virginia though is. One, I think their pitching is legit. It, it's there's nothing that's going to jump off the paper to you. And there's nothing there that they're probably never going to get national headlines for their pitching. Um, they probably will never have a pitcher win pitcher of the week in the ACC. But every guy they throw out there is competitive and and has stuff to win baseball games and put zeros on the board. Um, this weekend against NC State on the road, and we know how good of an offensive team NC State is. They gave up one run on Friday, zero on Saturday, and then they gave up three runs in the first eight innings, and then they got walked off um, 
in the ninth and lost five to four. But the uh, the Cavaliers, led by two just salty vets, uh, Kyle Teal and, and uh, Jake Geloff, and I almost said Zach Geloff because I was watching Team Israel play um, last yeah. week. But I mean, anytime you have just two salty vets in the middle of the order, think about all of the College World Series teams um, that have just had two to three guys, juniors, seniors, just pencil them or put them in permanent marker, hitting two and three or three and four in your order. Uh, that's usually a team that'll go a long ways because everybody else in the lineup feeds off of that. Um, I'm a big fan of Virginia. I, I think they're going to go a long ways this year. I think they're really good as well. And remember, um, dude, they were in they were in Omaha in 2021, just two years ago. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the ACC is pretty wide open still. Um, I think Miami pitching, Miami pitching scares me. There's no, I just don't see it happening. Them winning the ACC, but their lineup is incredible. So who knows? Yeah. Um, Let's move on. So I watched a lot of the Duke versus Clemson series. Just I don't know why, but visually, I I enjoy watching Clemson's broadcast, and I love their field and everything. Uh, I do think Duke is a sneaky team this year. Um, then we saw them; they they beat Wake Forest one game last week. But I think this is a team that's going to get better as the season goes on. Uh, Clemson, on the other hand, I really just think it depends on the week. <laughs> I think they're a week to week team. Um, do do you have like different opinions about that or no? No, I mean there's not really much to say. I mean, I think Clemson is just a middle of the pack team and backage has got work to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Duke for winning that series of three and three now in the conference. I think for a team that was picked to finish second to last or third to last, you got you gotta like your you gotta like where you're at right now. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um let's move on to the next one. All right, you want to do Big 12 next? Because we had a huge series in the Big 12 that uh, one team separated themselves, I think, from the rest of the pack. Well, never mind. Uh, I, I do like Oklahoma still. But anyways, with all that said, <laughs> Texas Tech hosted Oklahoma State, which going into the series, in my opinion, were the two best teams in the Big 12. And, uh, and we always talk about, like, Texas Tech at home, it's no, it's no mystery. Why do we? Why the fuck do we do that? Why do we pick against them? We, we know, we, we know that we talk about it. We do it. We believe it. We breathe it, and we still did it, dude. Stop getting so damn cute with our picks. I know. Well, they should have won on on Friday night. Oklahoma State should have. I think they should have won. Um, I've made that pick based off of them putting up. They they beat Dallas Baptist twenty to four in the midweek, and I was like, "Ooh, Oklahoma State's hot. Let's go with them. Let's let's roll the dice here." But um, man, Texas Tech eighteen and four this year. They win two out of three against probably the the second best team in the Big Twelve right now. Um, I mean, you got to love your chances to host a regional if you're Texas Tech because the schedule is not over. Like, it's not overpowering this year like other Big Twelve seasons we've had. Uh, they have Texas at Texas this week, which I think Texas put me on put me on record here. Texas, I think, will win that series. Um, they're playing a little bit better baseball. I think it's a, a Big look ahead spot. Better baseball. They played Manhattan, North Dakota State, New Orleans. What are you talking about? Better no, baseball? but like their team has looked better um, versus the well, first part of the year. Make your team look better. Well, I'm saying because they're a young team. Early in the year, they looked lost. They were making six errors a game. They, they're playing know, better. Yeah. 
But anyways, my point is Texas Tech has Texas at Texas next week. Big look-ahead spot for Texas Tech because they have TCU at home the next week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think for for a team like Texas Tech, you get to finish the year Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas, or Baylor, Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas. Um, you can you can win a lot of games late in the year and, and kind of put yourself as the number one team in the Big 12. But who knows? Um, a lot of – a lot of ball to be played. A lot of conference games. A lot of ball to be played. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think Oklahoma State dropping that fly ball changed that whole series real mm-hmm. quick. Um, oh, yeah. It was literally, I think that literally decided the series. You give up a game like that, it's hard to win the next two when you already were in position to win one. Um, mm-hmm. Simple as that. They blew it. They freaking blew it. Um, so I, I do think both good. of those teams take really good. So I like both of those teams better than TCU, and I like them better than Oklahoma. I think uh-huh. the Big 12 will get two teams to host, maybe a third, if Oklahoma or TCU separate separate themselves. But, um, I mean, we've seen TCU play bad baseball. They're 10-9 and nine this year. They lose two out of three to Oklahoma. Big statement win for the, for the Sooners. Uh, I, I don't know, man. TCU is just on it. So they're broken right now. They're straight up broken. Maybe they were just overrated. Maybe, man. But we saw them that first weekend, and everything looks. Uh, I mean, I they, think the first weekend should not count because almost like I literally fifty percent of the top twenty-five lost opening day, and then won the next two in their series. Like it's just like you're just getting your feet wet. You're getting going. So I think opening weekend can mean something, but at the same time, I, I feel like it doesn't mean that much. Right. Um, but they, they at least proved that they could do it. They could score a ton of runs. Um, but right now they're, they're, they're going the opposite. They're probably going to do a, uh, a cold, hot, cold theory in my opinion. Maybe, just, I mean, I mean, or maybe they, they, they just go cold, 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 and then they just turn it on hot. We'll see. But I were, think the big run through Lubbock. I think, I think they made with the win this weekend, uh, over, over Oklahoma state, I think right now it does run through Lubbock. Now, sure, they can they can slip up, or Oklahoma State could get red hot, or maybe even a team like I don't know West Virginia could be secretly really good. They're fifteen and four this year. Um, competition not great, but they did uh, they have played Georgia Southern. They lost two out of three there. Uh, West Virginia also beat Arizona two out of three earlier this season. That's pretty big wins. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they uh, West Virginia could sneak up on teams. I don't know. We, we just haven't seen enough of them. Yeah. I, I, I will say this. Baylor, bad. <laughs> Baylor, bad. Texas, not great. Baylor, either. bad. Kansas, Baylor, bad, Baylor, bad, bad. Kansas, really bad. Yeah. I mean, Big 12 is top heavy. We knew that. And they're mm-hmm. losing two of their best teams to go to the SEC. So, Big 12 got issues in baseball going, coming for, going forward. Uh, I mean, they're, aren't they grabbing UCF, BYU, Cincinnati? Yeah, well, I mean, right. But but you're losing Oklahoma and Texas. Know, that, is your, that is the gut and glory of your conference. Yeah. Um, but let's let's move on. Pac-12. Yeah, let's do Pac-12. Stanford sweeps or, or Oregon State and uh, Oregon UCLA State. swept Arizona. Yeah, big time wins. Um, big time series sweeps from both of those schools. Uh, it's weird seeing Oregon State one and five in the Pac-12 standings right now. Really weird. I knew they weren't supposed to be as good this year, but Oregon State just, one in five. Their logo carries weight. Yeah, it does. They've won three national championships since we 
hit puberty. It, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think yeah, Oregon State's going to go through a rough year. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Pac-12 is better than it's deeper than years past. I mean, it's early, yes, I know, but Washington, Washington State, they're better. Both of them are better are, this year. I mean, Oregon and Arizona are still going to be really good team. Um, so I think it's going to be. Pre- I mean, Cal looked really good to start the year. Yeah, and then and, they they lost their ace. Um, yeah, and it changed everything for them. They got swept mm-hmm. at Arizona, just lost two out of three to USC. So Cal is even a really good team that is going through some shit right now. But the, I think the Pac twelve is going to have two two regional hosts just because the committee needs no two West Coast teams, and it's going to probably end up be UCLA and Stanford. I think they they do separate themselves from the rest of the. The rest of the pack there. Yeah, give it two or three more weeks. You're going to see some space. When did those two teams play each other? I'm looking this up right now. Stanford, they play in. Uh, they play April 28th, 29th, and 30th at Stanford. Um, yeah, I mean, if UCLA can take care of business against Washington, Washington State, and Utah the next three weeks, they're they're going to create separation. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think this UCLA team, the team we saw at Vandy, I think they Vanderbilt just pitched really well. And UCLA kind of had an off offensive weekend. I think this team is really good. Mm-hmm. I think UCLA is the team that can make it to Omaha. They haven't been to Omaha in a while, though, right? In a while, they've been they've been getting snuck up on in regional and super. Even last year, their team was not very strong, and they just didn't have it at Auburn. So, but is it I is it UCLA that keeps getting eliminated by Big Ten teams? Yeah, Michigan and um, is Michigan, Michigan one, year, one year? Minnesota maybe no. one year? Indiana? I mean, that, no, the Michigan one was when it was at Oregon State. Um, I'm trying to think, they no Michigan beat them in the Super. Um. Yeah, no, but they just keep getting slipping up in regional supers the past four or five years. So, but I think UCLA's team is better. Stanford, we know what Stanford can do. I mean, they return most of their lineup. They can be down five in the ninth and come back and win in five seconds. So, <laughs> they've done that. Yep, they've certainly Multiple done that. Times. Um, yeah, and, I don't really. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have for the Big West. Yeah, or Pac-12. Do you have anything else? Nope, I want to move on to the Sun Belt here. Let's go. The most interesting conference there is, man. Literally the most interesting. I'm looking at it right now. I can make a case for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams, maybe eight to make it to a regional. Now, they're not all going to do it. The, the, the league will get four probably get at max. Six. I can't even get past six. Where are you getting seven or eight from? Troy. Georgia State, bro, bro. Troy ended their their conversation just ended this weekend. I mean, what they got swept this weekend? Are you pushing the panic button on them, bro? I mean, if you get swept by Georgia State, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you you lose a lot of credibility in terms of being a postseason. Oh, you know what? You know what? You're right. But I mean, Troy did sweep Evansville, but they lost both midweeks to FGCU. They did. Do they have? They have series wins over UCF and Evansville, which is not bad. 
No, it's not bad. I'm just saying, like, it's not. I, I it's not the most convincing thing what I see so far on paper. Right. So let's let's stay with six then. Um, yeah, Old Dominion, Louisiana, Georgia. I mean, Georgia Southern, Texas State, Coastal Carolina, Southern Miss, possibly a seventh in Georgia State. We don't know how good Georgia State is, but they uh, they're three and zero in conference, sweeping Troy. Should have beat Clemson one of the games. Walk off Grand Slam. Twelve. Hold. Old Dominion had put up double digit runs thirteen times this year out of their twenty game. Uh, yeah, their offense is crazy. Go look at their like team stats, like their their player stats. Oh, it, 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 it's laughable. I mean, no, thirteen times they put up double digit, and their schedule is not the weakest we've seen. St. John, William Mary, Fordham, William Mary, St. Joseph, Charlotte, Princeton, Louisiana, Monroe. I mean, it 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 can be stronger, but it ain't the weakest we've seen. So, like they're they're dominating. They're 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 smashing what they get thrown at them. So I think Old Dominion is really close to breaking out and being like, whoa, this is a team to watch. The uh so the, yeah, I mean I agree with that a hundred percent. But the biggest series here this this past weekend was Southern Miss traveling to Texas State. And um, obviously, I think Texas State is not as good as they were last year. I think I can say that comfortably. Um, no, they're and, not, no, I don't think they are. And I, I don't think Southern Miss is as good as they were last year at this point in time. But this was still a big um, – what's the word I'm looking for? A big something series. Um I want to say tipping the scale series, but I don't think that's correct. Uh, it's a series where wh- whoever won it is going to set themselves up for any kind of potential at-large spot when the committee goes back and looks along those lines. Yeah, it, it's when the committee goes back and looks. Let's say T- or Texas State and Southern Miss are both on the bubble. They're going to give the, the the last spot or one of the four last spots to the team that won the series and. Uh, Texas State earned it. I mean, they, they had a home series. They lose Friday night. Southern Miss looked really good. Um, and they came back and won the series the next two games. Tip a cap yeah. there to slam Marcus. Yeah, no, Texas State, I mean, taking care of business. I mean, that's what all you can do at home, take care of business. Um, but what I wanted to say was I, I pushed the panic button on Georgia Southern on Thursday night, and rightfully so, rightfully so. South Alabama is a good team. They're not great. They're not a huge threat. Whatever. They're on a they're on a big old losing streak. So I don't think South Alabama is who we thought they were. I thought they were going to be better this year. So I don't want to take my hand off the panic button on Georgia Southern yet. But oh come on, was, they just swept. But if there was a if there was a way to convince me that they there might be okay, it's sweeping. So. But they go to Southern Miss next weekend. Like it can, it, the the attitude can change real quick again. And then uh, they go back home against Old Dominion. And yeah, see, this, and then they go to Coastal. Like this schedule is a gauntlet. I, I'm glad you brought it up. Georgia Southern has one of the toughest schedules anywhere anybody in the country has. They uh, yeah. and their conference play is is very difficult to start. No easy breaks. Yeah, I mean, so. We'll see about Georgia Southern. Getting that sweep was huge, 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 huge. 
the difference between three and zero and two and one on it, it, it matters when it comes down to it at the end of the year. It really mm-hmm. makes a difference. Hundred um, percent. The other team I want to talk about, Coastal. Offensively, they're they're top two team in the Sun Belt. They're a top twenty five team in the country offensively, but they cannot pitch. No, the, all of their games they've already embraced it. All of their games are going to be ten to nine, you know, fifteen to thirteen. Well, today with three to one. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> and they lost eight to three yesterday. So they put up six runs in the past two games combined after throwing up sixteen on Friday. You see what I mean? Like, this, this and they put up twelve against Campbell in yeah. the midweek. This board makes no sense. But I mean, it's just not sustainable. A, a formula like that where you cannot pitch and you just try to out hit teams. It's not. It's not sustainable. Mm-mm. Because you're just going to run into a good pitcher. You're going to run into a week where you barrel everything up right at people. And if you can't pitch and give yourself a chance, it's, just, it's hard to win those 50-50 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, so kind of let's power rank these teams real fast. Old Dominion, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, Southern Miss, and oh my God. Just Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. Like right, like as far as right now, who would be your top team there, and who would be your last place? We don't have to do the middle; just your first and last teams. First and last, mm-hmm. like best team Old and Dominion's then the worst team. Out of record there. is very deceiving. I I don't think they're that good. I know they're good, but I don't think they're that good yet. Um, best team, I would have to, I would just have to give the edge to Texas State right now. Oh, you would give the edge that Texas State is the best team right now, and the worst team of those. I don't know, man. Louisiana. The, I mean, can't, they should have beaten Campbell like that. That was a series at home. You got to win that one to really like. You had one opportunity to play a really good team at home. You got to win it. You got to find a way to win it. Um, so the worst team of those. I don't know. Southern Myth, I think they're good. I think they're fine. They're just like one weekend off. Like next weekend, they're probably going to dominate. Mm-hmm. They picked really well. They had, they today, I think it was, they had a lot of walk, m- mental mistakes and stuff. They gave it away. So I don't think Southern Myth even belongs near the bottom of that list. So honestly, it would, it would come down to Louisiana and Old Dominion for me. Yeah, and it's funny because both of those teams are three and zero in conference and have won a yeah, ton of games but, so far. Yeah, but we're 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 talking like, I mean, who? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas State is nothing to beat your chest over, and Louisiana Monroe, not Louisiana Monroe. Who did Old Dominion played? Yeah, Louisiana Monroe. Those like Monroe. those two teams are not two teams to beat your chest over. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. You want to move on to the Big Ten now? Let's go Big Ten. Big Ten's going to be a one-bid league, dude. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's just what everybody always says. Uh, anytime you ask somebody that follows college baseball. Hey, honestly, though, honestly, though, as much as I hate to say it, it's, it's possible. It's possible. I think it's no, I think it'll be two teams. But There's going to be two teams that separate themselves, maybe three teams, um, depending on – how good Maryland actually is, depending on how good Illinois actually Look, is. We, hold, we know Maryland is good. We did, They are just not playing good. On paper, we know Maryland is good. On paper. But, dude, if you look at Maryland, sure, they've played a tough schedule. 
Um, I know, I know. They're playing like horse shit right now, but on paper, they're good. So that's where I'm kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt. But I don't know, man. Your, your Nebraska guys look good. Ohio State looks really strong. Indiana, not bad. They can hang around with team. That, that's that been their key. They're not getting swept. They're finding a way to run away with one. Mm-hmm. Iowa. Iowa today looks like the best team, most consistent. Let me just put it this way, most consistent team. Yeah, and they're, they're the most exciting one of those teams to watch. But here's a team that I want to throw by you here real quick. Indiana. Sleeper might be the second best team in the conference. I know that they lost a series at Auburn. Two out, like they won one game um, out of three. And then at Texas, they won one out of three. Um, they lost to ECU. But so like right now they're they're um, thirteen and seven. They lost Long Beach. Go ahead and throw that last one in there. Oh, and Long Beach. So okay, well they're thirteen and seven, and six of their losses have been to Auburn, Texas, East Carolina, and Long Beach. And Kentucky. Oh, and Kentucky. You're right. So they're beating teams that they're supposed to, and you know they're losing to the. They're not as good as Auburn and Texas and Kentucky and East Carolina. Um, I'm interested to see how they end up this year, though. I think there will be a 500 team in the Big Ten. I, I don't think they're anything special. I think, honestly, I think it's Illinois, Maryland, Iowa, and Ohio State. What, what makes I mean, you say Ohio State, though? I mean, dude, Ohio State has shown they can pitch it. They split with UConn. They had a rough weekend out with, and then they smoked. They beat oh, Mississippi State, beat Oklahoma. I completely and, forgot that they beat Mississippi State and Oklahoma and won that tournament completely blanked on it yeah ohio state they did split against yukon and then they did lose two one-run games to to grand canyon and so then, i mean i think they're i think they're gonna be up there shoot man they they just completely they sold me on, on as like a regional team right now if the season ended 100 <laughs> percent. that's a regional team i think illinois i mean what they showed me against southern myth and coastal Illinois showed me that they can play ball. Oh, we haven't even. Yeah, oh, Illinois is good for sure. But we haven't even talked about Rutgers. No, and, and I think Rutgers' problem is they can't pitch. No, but they can win ball games. I mean, they swept Georgia Southern. They beat Kennesaw midweek. They beat Mercer two out of three on the road. I say they can't pitch. And if you look at their schedule, it's like, yeah, they can pitch. What are you talking about? It's, it's the it's the like second level of pitching. They can pitch and whatever. Like they're better than Coastal, for example, at pitching. Mm-hmm. But I think when you start facing a really strong lineup team that is rolling a little bit, obviously most teams can't. Like it's hard to pitch. But I just don't know if Rutgers is the team I want to put my faith in on the mound. That can uh, I can change my opinion can change. But I'm here, just speaking off the off the hip here. Here's a fact about Rutgers: they are the best yeah. mid major team in the state of Georgia. What? Uh, they're the best mid-major team in the state of Georgia, Rutgers. They beat oh, George, they sw- they swept Georgia Southern, then they go midweek, beat Kennesaw, and then they beat Mercer two out of three, all within seven days or nine days. But why why do why are they a mid-major? That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're you're just those are the those are the only three mid-major teams yeah, no, in Georgia. I get it now. Yep. Okay. They just went and waxed the state of Georgia. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Now get your ass out of here. Yeah, man, they went six and one. Take your take your ass back up to Jersey. <laughs> um, um, get out of here. 
Um, no, no. Rec- I think I think the Big Ten will be solid this year. Iowa really good. Ohio State, Nebraska, Maryland, Illinois, Rutgers. That's a good, that's a competitive conference. That is a good conference. It's probably the best overall conference they've had since In we started the show. Memory, yeah. yeah. Um, let's. let's I, I, wait, I will tell you. The the American we're gonna just breeze by the American because it's nothing exciting. The American conference could potentially be a one bid league, but they're probably gonna get two if UCF just continues to just hold on. Well, well, the committee's gonna have to decide to guess which UCF team they're putting in the postseason. Yeah, that's true. They are week to week. If they put the if they put the good UCF in, that's a solid two or three seed. They put the bad UCF in, that's an automatic bid four seed. Yeah, I mean that's, and they UCF could win that American tournament real easy. Oh, I think I I think I'm I'm telling you right now. I picked UCF preseason to win it. If they show up and ready to play against East Carolina, they will win that series. The good UCF team will win that series. No, I mean the I think bad they, UCF is going to get embarrassed in mm-hmm. Greenville. So April sixth, mark it on your calendar. Think- I can't think of any teams to compare them to like that we've seen in years past where they can beat anybody in the nation, but they could also get embarrassed. Maybe Georgia Tech, kind of the same. No, maybe UCLA. Yeah, but they're not that good. No, but we're just talking about in terms of pattern. Yeah. Um, Only other thing I want to say about the American. Well, there's two more things. One, East Carolina um, just continues to win games 16 and four this year. Um, it's, it's automatic. It's a, it is a well-oiled machine. What Cliff yeah. Godwin has going out there. They need to join a different conference for baseball. Like they're they're going to or, or, or should they or should they just do what they're doing? It gets them a regional host every year. Well, their their RPI is going to significantly drop throughout the year. They're Dude, at ten they right host, now. They host every year. What what what? what I mean, obviously they're they're just fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I see your point. I mean, right, right. They 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 get the hosting spot every year. So what would they change? I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, they're not going to change. They're going to continue to run this conference. Uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh. This is the year of the Knights. This is the year UCF gets over the hump and wins it. Please. Did you? So you East Carolina, by the way. Did you see Wichita State's uh, pitcher? We we talked about him last. Maybe two tool, weeks ago, Tolly, tool. Tolly, tolly, I think it's pronounced. But he had a complete game today and also hit a home run or something like that. One of the best two-way guys in the nation is getting overshadowed because he doesn't play on a great team, but he's a one of the best Sunday guys in the country. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, really good for him. I mean, I wish he was just somewhere else where you know he was making a bigger. Oh, impact. he'll be at he'll be at Tennessee or LSU next year. Yeah, he's on his way to Baton Rouge as we speak. Yeah. Um, um, let's go to Conference USA next. Can I say something? I You kept trying to convince me Tulane, not that bad. Tulane, not that bad. They're horrendous. Oh, that was oh, the first bad. two weeks of the season. Dude, I, I, was, I saw horrendous. them play. They're bad. They're young. They're so bad. They're so bad. They got absolutely open the cupboard, put your arm in there, and just swipe across the bottom of it. For what? That's what happened to Tulane. Their cupboard got empty. Well, they won a game this weekend. They beat Columbia once, right? They won, no, they won the series in Columbia, but like, oh yeah, they they lost so many guys to the portal. They they had a new coach come in. Like they got gutted. 
That's what I mean. They got their cupboard clean. Like a lot, they lost so oh, many good players. I, you lost me there. I, I got you. I got oh, you. Now. That was. Goodness. You can't be saying that at two a.m. I, I was completely right, frazzled. Right. All right, let's oh. do Conference USA next, where my preseason team that I picked to win the conference might be the best team in Texas, other than Texas Tech. The UTSA oh, Roadrunners, dude. This is a team last year that got left out of the tournament. Should have been in, I think, uh, like the NCAA tournament, and they are back with a vengeance. Eighteen and three this year. They they swept FAU, which is a damn good mid major. My team. preseason pick. Yeah, they're a great mid major team. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a UTSA team that, I mean, who who's going to challenge them this year? I feel like the conference USA is down compared to recent years. Charlotte's not as good. Louisiana Tech's not as good. Dallas Baptist not as good. Um, this is this is UTSA's year to be a forty-plus win team and be fighting for maybe a hosting spot from oh, yeah. the outside looking in. Like this is their opportunity because when Louisiana Tech and Charlotte—I don't want to say—yeah, they're they're down. They're they're a little bit down. When they're down, you got to. This is your window. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a here's a scenario for you. You ready for this? Let's go. UTSA. Let's say that they are in a hosting picture. They're forty two and four or forty two and fourteen this year. They win the CUSA. I mean the, the regular. I mean the the conference tournament. Their facilities aren't built to host. You can't host a regional at their field. They take it to the Alamo Dome. Which doesn't get used much, and they play indoor. What if they uh, just? What if they just take the San Antonio mission? Say, get the hell out of here for five days. We're using well, your ball. Well, I thought about that, but even if they have a game one of those days, or if San Antonio missions are playing any of those games, like you can't do it there. You can't host a regional for a minor league team that, that's already there. I think they should go straight for the Alamo Dome indoor baseball in June, which is exactly what you need in San Antonio. It's gonna be hotter than hell there, and you know they push the they push the stands back. The right field looks just like the Minnesota Dome, and we just get a little bit of Roadrunner baseball inside um, for a regional. That would be sick. Because we are the journalists that we are, San Antonio Mission. Oh, you're looking at their schedule. I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. Yeah, I, I have, I'm pulling up their schedule. Uh, Oh, come on. It says, it's just like, oh, here it is. All right, I found their schedule. Okay, regional is when? June June 5th weekend? Or June no, I think second it's, weekend? I'm pretty sure it's May 30th, June 1st, and June 2nd. Here, let's see. 2023 NCAA baseball regional date. I'm pretty sure I saw May 30th. One All right, time. Friday, June 2nd through Monday, June 5th. Wait, what? No, that that doesn't exist. Friday, what? June second. Oh, I'm in July. That's why Whoa. it doesn't make sense. Okay, the San Antonio Mission are on the road from yeah, they- from Thursday, July. Oh, they're on the road from May 30th until Monday, May 5th or June 5th. Nope, they still got to do it. In the- we just got to do the Alamo Dome for fun. No, 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 no. UTSA, you heard it here first. They they're going to be fighting for a hosting spot, and they have a wide open date at the San Antonio Mission Stadium. 
runners. Let's go, baby. Nope. Take my advice. Alamo Dome. Nobody uses Grove. Grove. That's just Minneapolis all over again. I know. That's what I want. I want no, just crazy. Dude, regional weekend. I'm not putting that shit on in the Alamo Dome. I want to see a nice, beautiful ballpark with some big time names there. We'll see. They got to get there first. But anyway, I'm going to pull up San. I've never even looked at their field. San Antonio Mission. Oh, I've been to the field. Nice. No, I mean it's it's like it's nothing it's spectacular. Minor league ballpark. Yeah, it's it's nothing spectacular. It's not even that big. Oh, it's it's a decent middle of Texas looking stadium. It, it's old. Yeah, it's just old. Um, probably ten rows deep all the way around the field. Yeah, with a shitload of advertisements on the outfield wall, which I do love. I'm a big fan of that. Typical, typical. Bum. No, nowhere. don't say it. <laughs> what? I was gonna say, don't say it. Bum I, I, nowhere. Bum fudge nowhere. Texas. Dude, what are you talking about? San Antonio is like the sixth largest city in the United States. Well, their stadium looks like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it is. Kind of. Well, Oh, there you go. Anyways, anyways, yeah. We just got so sidetracked. We we always do. That's it, that's why that's why we are who we are. So okay, here we go. Let's play a game. More or less than two teams. No, two point five teams from Conference USA. In the, less. In the, give me the money. Less than two and a half? Less than two and a half. Yeah, the only way I could see it being three or more is no, I, I think three would be the max, and that would be somebody wins the conference tournament, and then there's two at-large teams like that a UTSA. Means, that means UTSA does not win the tournament, and that mm-hmm. means Dallas Baptist or FAU run the table the rest of the year and win the tur- and don't win the tournament either. Yeah, or I mean Louisiana yeah. Tech too. Okay. Two and a half under. Under. All right. Let's do okay. This this is where we can get a little bit fun. Let's look at like two more, and then let's talk about some. Freshman, some golden spike. Wrap this shit up. All right, let's do it. Big West so, next. You're absolutely right. And I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the hosting platform here. Uh, All right. About so. How I was wrong about UC Irvine versus Fullerton series. You were right. Fullerton beat them two out of three, fair and square. Irvine looks lost right now. Not the same team oh, I watched oh, play. Now they look year. lost. You, why can't you just say they just lost a great series against a better Fullerton team? I, I because I didn't. Why think, you got to make it sound like oh Fullerton didn't earn it? Irvine was lost. No, I never said that. They look lost compared to the team I saw earlier this year. That's what I'm saying. Why couldn't you just say Fullerton just beat them because they were? The I better did. Team? That was the first thing I said was Fullerton beat them this weekend. No, you had to throw in there. They looked lost, like they had a bad weekend. Just say Fullerton beat them fair and square. Irvine looked fantastic, but they just got beat by a better team. Okay, sure. Thank you. That's all I asked for. <laughs> okay. You had to throw in the extra excuse. Oh, they look lost. Get out of here. They just got beat. I'm just kidding. By the way, I'm just kidding about <laughs> all that. Uh, Irvine offensively wasn't that great this weekend. No, but you know what? I, I want to give a lot of credit to Fullerton's pitching staff. They've been good all year, really, uh, other than a couple slip-ups. Innings. Yeah, really just innings. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Fullerton is. They played a hard non-conference schedule, harder than most teams, and they're they're still they're eight and eight now with a series win against Texas and UC Irvine. Should have won the series against Stanford. 
All right, let's see this. On February 16th, when we were recording a preseason podcast, if I told you, looking at that schedule, Fullerton was going to be 8-8 eight and eight at this point? I'd say no shot. I would have been so, – with me picking – you would have said no, right? Yeah, no shot. And if I, I was taking Fullerton as my preseason pick to win the Big West. Because I really liked – I really liked what I saw. I really liked – after, you know, kind of did my deep dive with them. And you know what, man? Even I would have probably said no. I don't think Fullerton be eight and eight. I think they'll, I don't know, be somewhere around there. But I don't think they'll be eight and eight. And dude, they 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 just made it through the literally the gauntlet of their schedule. Mm-hmm. They should because coast from here. UC Davis, Hawaii, Hawaii will be a good battle. I could totally see Fullerton slipping up against Hawaii. But UC Davis, Hawaii. Then you've got your primetime showdown with Santa Barbara. And then it goes Riverside, Bakersfield, Northridge. And then they have a little break, a big West play, and they go to TCU. I really like the schedule now that they've made it through the tough part. See, that's the type of schedule that can get you an at-large bid. Easy. And that's what the Big West needs is like teams making a case for an at-large bid. The the biggest thing for me is the – Obviously, Santa Barbara is going to probably win the conference. Long Beach State is a team that it, I think the second best team possibly. But this is a conference that have that has had his, history wise two or three teams in every single NCAA tournament, and we've kind of gone away from that recently. I'm happy to see Fullerton schedule a tough, tough non-conference. All righty. We had to take a little break there for just a second. But going back to the Big West here, um, it's nice to see three, possibly four teams. Actually, no, definitely four teams in regional conversation. And it'll be fun to keep up with this league all year. The best part about the Big West, they're on the West Coast. So they play the late night games. So Friday at 10 p.m., you get after watching your, your East Coast games, you get to switch over to ESPN Plus and watch a great Fullerton broadcast or you know, um, Long Beach State always d- does does a good broadcast. So it's kind of there's a little cherry on top of a, a nice weekend series. Get to watch those late night games. Sometimes Hawaii will host games as well. <laughs> Obviously, they have home games on their schedule, but those games start at midnight. They're usually televised. Um, I've always been a sucker for the Big West. I, I want that league to be back to where it used to be. Me too, dude. Me too. I think it's, I think it's it's an important conference to be good. Um, They're all baseball schools. You know, they don't have football teams other than Hawaii. So many of them are just an academic school with a baseball team. Yeah. Basically. I mean, yeah, they have basketball and, you know, volleyball and stuff like that. But, like, baseball is what they're known for. If it wasn't for baseball, nobody would know who Fullerton is. Nobody would know who Long Beach is. Nobody would know who Irvine is. Yeah, they're commuter schools ultimately. And, and yeah, I think that's the biggest problem that they're running into is they used to be able to get – guys to come to their program because it was you know they've always been baseball schools you know back in back in the day you could recruit kids to go to school there just because of the prestigious baseball honors that they've had throughout the last three decades but now with these pac-12 schools and sec schools power let's just say power five schools they're able to go to kids in california and say check out our facilities check out what we've done putting guys in the the major leagues and come develop here and you see a lot of guys from California now, um, you know, make their way towards the south or make their way east. 
I think Santa Barbara's done a really good job of creating consistency where they they're doing what the Fullerton, Irvine, and all them were doing for decades. But Fullerton or Santa Barbara just found a way to do it in the modern day. So, and they were doing it without lights on their field for the longest <laughs> time. Crazy, but yeah, I don't think this is a three or four big league. I still think it's going to be like a two. It, it'll be a two unless a team like Fullerton, you know, goes and wins two out of three at, at TCU and and does well in the conference. If Fullerton gets two out of three at TCU and. De- and keeps with the deep pretty good in Big West they're in. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. So, yep. We got anything else on Big West? Nope. Are there any other conferences we need to talk about? Um, Here's a little interesting one. Ohio Valley, SEMO, they haven't started conference play yet, so it's still too early. But SEMO with two games under 500. I know, I know. Once they get the conference play, everything changes. You know how it is with the yeah. ASUN and the SoCon. For example, Western Carolina will be five and twenty heading into SoCon play. Next thing you know, they're tied for second, fighting. For <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Is how it is. But Eastern Illinois is at the top of that conference right now, as far as out of conference record goes. And they have a win at Arkansas. Yeah. So. I, I just wanted to bring that up, Basimo. I'm, I'm like, I'm not worried about it, but I'm like, wait a minute. Um, other, I don't think any other conferences really need to be talked about. Yeah, no. Um, I feel like we're forgetting one. I don't know. Oh, another good series this weekend. Florida Gulf Coast finally gets over the hump and beats Liberty. Yeah. First time since like 2019, I'm pretty sure that they got they won't beat us. They won a series against the Flames, and it's really, really important to get that because when it comes down to the end of the year, you need the head to head series win because Florida Gulf Coast is going to be fighting for an outlaw. They're in position too. Oh man, they're ranked right now. Yeah, they're 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 firmly in probably as a two seed if the if the season ended right now. You just um, can't collapse. Like, like I've been in this position our sophomore year. We were ranked. We were unbelievable. And we almost just absolutely collapsed our way out. Yeah. I, we, I, were so, we were like so in that it was so hard for us to get out. And we almost did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was it, dude, I was, I was, we were a nervous wreck. Weren't you guys the last team, team in? We were, I think we were last four in. Wow. I mean, it was like we had a selection party and everything. We were just like, holy shit, dude. What if we don't get in? <laughs> you start asking the camera guys another, for another ESPN. And the Rodgers say, you lied. You, your projections are shit. Because he he had it in. And we were like, I swear to God, if Kendall's wrong and we don't get in, we're rioting. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's do it's this really now. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little individual honors right now. You said you want to talk about some freshmen. And then possible like Golden Spikes people. I mean, this 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 is based this. I'm just going to name a few based on what I've seen. I'm probably missing so many great freshmen out there. But Blake Sear from Miami is hitting like 350, like five home runs. Like the dude is the real deal. Like the real deal. Yeah, and he has all the confidence in the world too. He he yeah, looks yeah. the part. You saw him against Florida. He was ready. He looked like he was a seasoned vet. Mm-hmm. The way he handled some of those AB, uh, Chase Mora, that's the name from Texas State. From Texas State. One. Yeah, the four homer game last week. 
yeah, seven home runs on the year. He's hitting like 300, 320. Um, Cannon Peeble from NC State hitting like 300, hit the walk-off this past weekend after um, going, what, five for five last weekend with like two home runs. Yeah. They're the freshman in the SEC. I forgot his name. Oh what team? Goodness. Um, like I was looking at it, I was gonna write it's, it down. Talking about George's guy, what's his name? Connor something. Doesn't Georgia? I, I don't know why I wanted to say with Kentucky. I don't know. I shouldn't have brought it up. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a little shout out to those guys. Pretty impressed. They're making big, big differences on their team pretty fast. Hold on. Georgia definitely has a freshman that's going off right now. He's probably the best freshman in the nation. Is it Georgia? I got to figure out who it is. I got to figure out who is it. Um, it's not Collins. No, it's Connor Tate and Collins or not. Those are veteran. Those are upperclassmen. No, no, no. Let's see here. SEC baseball 2023 freshman of the week. Is there such thing as that? Oh, it's Charlie uh, Condon. Condon. He's a redshirt freshman. But Condon. Condon yeah, is yeah, going he on. He rakes. And then there's a Georgia had a closer or a relief pitcher. I don't know if he's their closer yet. He came in with the most effortless 95, 97 arm. I've one of the more impressive, like pure, just elite arm I've seen. He came in and was nailed against South Carolina. Um, Obviously, they couldn't finish the deal at the end, but he looked really good. Yeah, Charlie Condon is hitting Condon. 514, 38 hits, six doubles, nine homers, 35 RBIs, only nine strikeouts there, too. Freshman, right? Redshirt freshman, yeah. I mean, still still a freshman. That's, those are, I mean, those are gaudy numbers. He's, he's started all 20 games, and he's hitting 514 with a 1561 OPS. That's- that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that was just some, just wanted to give a little shout out some, some freshmen balling out. Um, and then, and then, I mean, your home run leader is between Brock Wilkin and Jack Caglianone right now. Guy from Old Dominion, Hunter Fitzgerald, 11, Shane Lewis, Mac Horvath, and Colby Shelton. That's the other freshman from Alabama. You're right. Wow, 11, I forgot he about him. 11, 11 homers on the year. And he's a little guy, too. Yeah. He, like, crouched down in the box. Yes. Not intimidating, but he can swing it just to pure lefty Freshman with 11 homers already? I mean, come on. So, yeah, the home run race is at 11, and we're what? Are we Are we 25% away through yet? 20 games in for most teams. 18 to 20 games. Yeah, about 20 games in. Yeah, we're about 30%. More than that, isn't twenty percent of fifty six? Oh, I guess 35 percent of the way through. Yeah, I mean, damn, dude, we're, we already finished a third of the season. We got two, two more thirds, just like that. Yeah, it's gonna keep getting better too. Oh yeah, it, gonna, it, 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 the wet, dude. The weather was disgusting this weekend. It's so cold everywhere. Cold and windy. Um, yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's. I mean. I've got. I don't think I've got much more to say. I'm, we're probably forgetting shit. I know we are, but talk midweeks and wrap this thing up. What do you What do you say? Yeah, let's go. Let's scroll through the midweeks here real quick and see what catches our eye. 
2.25 a.m. Dude, if this doesn't go on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to freak. Oh, my God. I'm literally going to freak out. Northeast, Boston College, Northeastern. Dude, I think Northeastern wins that game. That's a perfect spot for Northeastern to win. Northeastern's solid this year. They're solid. They they need to do more to get in our mid major. I just I just mm, they're good. Like they're they're good, but come on, like that's I gave Elon the edge over them because they lost the head to head series. That was I don't know why I said ago, right? I we. Um, <laughs> what else? Florida. Oh, all right. So we have Florida, Florida State. That's the big one. And Florida State is reeling. Um, hey, fifteen and six Western Kentucky is going to Louisville. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what else do we got? South Florida. Elon at Wake Forest. They're the good one. South Carolina plays Charlotte. Um, I think Charlotte needs to do some make some dam- do some damage. Um, Rice at Texas A and M. I could, dude. I could totally see Rice winning that game. They did it last year or two last year. They 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 were ecstatic to win that game because they were they were going through a brutal part of the season. Um, uh, Nebraska goes to Creighton, gets to play in Omaha. Charles Schwab Field. Oh yeah, Char- Charles Schwab, Char- Chuck Schwabby. Um, yeah, I mean this Tuesday, Dallas Baptist, Dallas Baptist at Oklahoma. Dude, let's stop giving Dallas Baptist that treatment. They're not they they don't deserve it right now. They're fine. They can't hit. Grand Canyon at Arizona State will be fun. Oh, that's the one that Grand Canyon Arizona State. You remember last year Arizona State said they don't mm-hmm. belong on the same field. Boy, oh, yeah. did that boy learn real quick. Yeah, Portland at Oregon State. Portland's still doing pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, this, <laughs> your boy Semo get to play at Arkansas. Who? Semo. Oh, Semo. Hey, can Central Arkansas upset upset LSU like they did uh, Vanderbilt earlier this year in a midweek? Nah, dude. I think LSU team is just too good to be honest. Oh, yeah. They're just they're they're an all star team. They're that is a pro, that is a professional team. That's like a professional team, just like a bunch of rejects got put together on a team. They're playing at the college level for a year. Yeah, no doubt. Here's uh here's two in state battles. Georgia goes to Georgia State and has to play in the uh the bus. What do they call it? The bus, bus lot. The bus lot, park, parking lot. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. Um, Indiana State goes to Indiana. That'll be a fun one. Nice. FAU at Miami on Wednesday. Georgia Southern at Mercer. East Carolina at Campbell on Wednesday. Wednesday's pretty nice. Wednesday nice, yeah. You know, it's weird that, I mean, normally teams don't schedule Wednesday games in conference. Yeah, the iconic and very famous Texas at Texas State was on a Wednesday. Yeah, I know, but like in conference play, they don't usually do it. Oh, Wednesday. Here's a good one. Did you say East Carolina at Campbell? Yep. Yep. Wow. Really good. Um, so yeah. Um, Kansas Kansas plays Missouri at the Royal Stadium, Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. That's cool. On Wednesday. That is neat. That's cool. Yep. But um that's about all I got. Yeah, man, I'm tired. Let's call it a day. Appreciate everybody for listening here. Hopefully you're listening on Apple. Um, if not, whatever. 
we'll figure it out. But uh, we'll be back Thursday to do a weekend series pick them, preview the weekend, recap midweeks, all that fun stuff. So um, y'all have a good week, and uh, we'll see you guys here in a few days. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Our national champs. Breaking ball. Oh my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center, D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again.